Big Album Show with Paul Dillon and Dan O'Neill. Hello and welcome back to the latest edition of the Big Album Show. I'm Paul. And I'm Dan. Thanks to everyone for their amazing support for our shows. We've managed to get right up to the top of the music commentary chart in Ireland, which is amazing for us. Um, and if you like what we do, uh, please take a moment to leave a review or give us a little like on Twitter, Facebook or Instagram at The Big Album Show. On the latest pod, we're talking about stories from the surface by the amazing, dazzling ham sandwich. Originally formed on a good Friday in the noughties, they have rightly built up a reputation as one of our very best live acts. It's a real joy to see this band live. They bring a sense of fun and a sense of abandonment that makes them a standout act. Their live shows and their 2010 White Fox album built them up a supportive and loyal fan base and stories from the surface rocketed right up to the top of the charts when it was released in April 2015. Over the course of the album, they bring you their unique house blend of indie folk rock with infusions of disco and funk. There's tremendous fun and joy in the album, perhaps best captured by the lead single Illuminate, but there's also profound depth and emotion on show and tracks like Perfect Rhymes and All Worthwhile. The album's incredibly catchy melodies are paired with lyrics which are often equally rememberable. And we're really pleased to be joined today by Neve and Podge from Ham Sandwich. And you're both very welcome. Thanks, Thanks for having us on. Absolutely. That, yeah. <laughs> that was a lovely <laughs> intro. That was a lovely intro. <laughs> <laughs> That's it's, it's, it's absolutely brilliant to have you. Um, we're, we're really delighted. And one of the things about doing this pod is that we we get to know the fans of the bands quite well and you've got some amazingly loyal and dedicated fans uh, up and down the country that have seen the band live um, and that have given us such lovely feedback and given us questions um, and I wanted to talk to you about that really as a kind of opening because when we listen to records myself and Dan for this pod we listen quite intensely and um, and you, you get to know an album almost like you might get to know a person. And from listening to the record, it feels really cra- clear that the craft that went into this was really well taught out. It's really carefully put together. And it feels like to me, like it's a gift to listeners. And I wonder what you both had in mind when you put this album together. Were you thinking of it as a set of songs that would take on a life with the audience that you had built up a relationship with over the years leading up to the release of the album? It's it's I, I I can take this Neve if you want. Um, it's a it's a good question because I it's been so long, but I'm trying to like harp back to you know our headspace at the time. But I do think there was a definite change in our mentality when we wrote this album, thousand percent, and we went completely into the dungeons of creativity. If you know what I mean, like we didn't. The, we were definitely guilty of catering a little bit in, in the first two albums to, you know, we, it's like any Irish band, you, you kind of, you know, you have to get some form of radio play to, to literally survive as a band. Now, I mean, like just to get your, to, to continue to be able to actually pay for stuff, to, you know, the, the basics like writing an album. Um, but this was the first time where we kind of were a bit brave, a bit bold, and we kind of, we didn't really, care nearly as much about like whether I get radio play or not um, and it's a risky move I think um, I know Illuminate got a bit of airplay so we were kind of like we had a bit of we got a bit of traction and we got tour money and we had enough money to just basically have a bit of fun with some money and write an album that was like totally dropping all our tools that we that we would have usually had and starting again and um, 
we were in it felt it felt never ending this album like this felt like our second album white fox to me was like album one this was album two and it was there was it was strange because we did feel like we were possibly going a bit too self-indulgent uh, we weren't trying to but we wanted to kind of express definitely wanted to express more sorry and you're probably like i, I want to pitch in you you no, no, no. I told, no, I'm just listening to you. Like, I totally agree with you. Like, we kind of, we definitely took a lot more um, risks uh, musically on this album just to see, uh, just to see where we could push ourselves. I think all the while, I think, is always in the back of our mind, like how the songs are going to translate live as well, because our live show was always very important to us. You know what I mean? So, but we definitely did take a lot of risks on stories and, yeah, it was like it was fun. I remember it being loads of fun writing it. We were in a little cottage. Um, where was it? In Bolton Glass or something like that? Oh, yeah. We worked on a lot of stuff in this little cottage and stuff like that. And it was, yeah, I remember it just being re- really nice. And like, as you were saying earlier on, like some of the lyrics and stuff, like I'd be very proud of some of the lyrics on that album and the melodies that we came up with and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? A little bit different again for us. You know, we kind of, we always want to push ourselves, you know. Looking back at it now, I still feel like I can see a band still only finding their feet, to me anyway. I know that's like I'm insulting us, but uh, we were like, I feel like we kind of only came out of the shadows really in album two. And that was the start. Like that's, we only really started to understand how to write lyrics. Like even, I, I wouldn't even fully call either anyone in the band like a, a you know a, a lyricist a heavy duty lyricist i think we, yeah. we've all got nice strengths that we know how to sort of knit together and um with the yeah like with this it was like i think partially lack of experience created in a you know a, a nice thing in a way with this with the story from the service because it's it's a little bit disjointed and almost shouldn't work and I I think even with that album, there's a touch of like like you said, we made we made sort of brave, like took a, a few risks, and I I'd love to actually check that out. And even many songs we've dropped from stories from the surface that we don't play live because they just don't work live. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, we're, yeah. I think I suppose, with the yeah. next album, the next album we've written, it's I don't know why, but it's I can't think of one song that we wouldn't play live off the next album coming. Mm. They're they're guaranteed all to work yeah. live, and it's and we didn't focus that much. We kind of gotten a, I won't stray off the stories from the service, but we we have um with the new album we've definitely it's, it's weird we're older, but our songs are kind of younger. It's yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Doing a bit of a Benjamin Button on it, um, <laughs> which is good, and and that gives me great hope. That's a similar. Something similar might be possible at my end. Um, I just want to take both of you up on the point about the lyrics. I mean, I, I attach a great importance to lyrics. Um, and I really, I think it's lyrically a really strong record. And for me, there's a lovely feeling of openness and fun and opportunity almost that runs through the record. And I think, you know, lead singles often signify the direction of travel. And on Illuminate, you know that line, I leave it open to what the world decides. And then the chorus kicks in. Were you in a kind of a, a confident, optimistic mood when you were going through the process of writing that album? And is that what brings that sort of openness that I'm talking about here uh, to the fore? 
Yeah, I would. I personally, anyway, I would definitely say I was in in that sort of place where, like, I mean, illuminate was. Yeah, that kind of like a still, but this, there's always still a bit of sadness, I think, in the songs. Do you know what I mean? Even though sometimes the melody can be quite uplifting. Um, but yeah, I definitely felt more confident um, in the lyrics, some of the lyrics on this album. Definitely, yeah. It's mad how our songs, like, I'm pretty sure Illuminate Neve wrote literally every single lyric in that right up until the outro. And I actually don't, I'm terrible. I don't really focus too too heavy into lyrics. I do enjoy lyrics, but I don't find them like the, the be and the end all. I, I'm definitely far more, like, I, I definitely have more of a musical ear. Like, I enjoy the, the music coming in nearly first. That's first and then the lyrics. But, uh, like, that's it. We're lucky in a way because I don't even know if the end really correlates to what you've wrote right up until the outro but I remember like just kind of I was I think I was in bed and my uh, folks got like one morning and just had this re- repetition kind of melody in my head and tried it out in the next rehearsal and he was like deadly yeah perfect I was like okay yeah. Yeah. So we, we, we've a mad ma- we patch things together so well we're blessed because they, they they shouldn't work and I know a lot of so- like proper proper anal songwriters would would be like I couldn't do that and I don't know why you do that. You wouldn't understand it, you know? Yeah, it's like we've, we we definitely, over the years, and it's just, it, it gets better as time goes on. I think this, like, I'm writing something and Podge will just know what I'm writing about and he'll come up with, like, ideas and lyrics that are, of you know, like, I'm, that's exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, we just kind of know, and over the years, like, we've definitely gotten better at doing that. Like, do you know what I mean? It's, like it's kind of a second nature kind of thing when we're writing you, you you've been going for um you know quite a while now i remember the first time i came <laughs> no and, and the reason i'm saying that is because i remember the first time i heard ham sandwich it must have been way back in about 2000 <laughs> no uh, about 2006 i'd say i was presenting this really dodgy radio show on belfield fm in ucd and I think we got your your CD in St. Christopher. And it, oh we, we had about 10 CDs in total in the studio. So it was on repeat uh, quite regularly. But it was also really, really good. Um, but when I hear Ham Sandwich, and I like the way you talked about kind of the live feel and the youthful feel, because that's where it takes me. And maybe it's just because I listened to it all the way up through my kind of electric picnic going, slain going years. But it takes me right back to that place. And with this particular album, there's not a kind of a note or a chord or a rhythm or or vocals out of place on the album. From start to finish, there's a really interesting flow to it. I feel it 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 stands, uh, you know, together as a fantastic album as a whole, as well as having great individual songs on it. Can you talk me through the kind of process of how you created the track listing? Track listing. Um. Yeah. Darcy's kind of Darcy is like the 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 Quincy Jones of the band. Just imagine <laughs> the like he, he uh, I like we'd all obviously pitch in, but I feel like he's got a really good. He even that it's funny because he nearly always sets the set list, mm-hmm. and 
it's rare that like he obviously me me and he will read over it before the gigs, but it's rare that we'd want to change more than one song in his order. And he always tries to keep it fresh. So it's not like, I don't think we'll ever be that band that sets an exact template of like 18 songs and do a tour. Around, like we'd probably never do a tour around the world, but like 18 songs that never change. Cause that's normally how it's done. But Darcy just, mm. yeah, he would have, we can, it, it tends to be, there's always like one or two that are obvious either end songs or towards the end songs. And, I find we kind of work backwards. So, like, I think All Our Wild was, even when we were writing it, we were like, this is the last song of the album. Even when it wasn't finished, we were like, mm-hmm. you know, you can't really not end it on, like, you can't put that anywhere else, really, because it's sort of too low-key or something, you know? It needs to be, it needed to be its own kind of piece. And a final song is always, there's always more emphasis on a final song, I think, on a start song and an end song. Like, those have to be, you know, they, you know, it has to be bookended real nice. So always wild, yeah, just the perfect. Yeah, oh, we always, uh, I tend to, we work backwards. I remember our very first album, I'm pretty sure if I remember right, we put all the most well-known songs and all the liveliest ones, first five, and then the last five were like, <laughs> they oh my God, yeah. You know, they were, they were, they were, you know, they were kind of odd, oddballs of the, of the album. And it was very top heavy. I think even one or two of the reviewers picked up on it that you know it was like very strong for the first half but then it's you know i i funnily enough i'd prefer a lot of the older the the last five songs on our very first album carried to me because they're they're there's more longevity in them or something they're they're not necessarily singles but they're more there's more feel in them or something but yeah it's just funny reviewers immediately were were like yeah first five songs are very strong and <laughs> you can tell like, like it, it's understandable some of these were singles and then it's like what happens to the second half of the album <laughs> and it, it was recorded in windmill lane studios was it yeah there was yeah, some, some of it, it was recorded there yeah we we started off in there's it's not there anymore it was a uh, bow lane uh, around the back of the seed screenshot center and we only did that because i had an addiction to tk max at the time so i needed <laughs> oh, to a terrible addiction things. Sex, drugs, and TK Max, is it? <laughs> just TK Max, just nothing. That's it. <laughs> they'd, be, they'd, be, they'd be laying down some sweet tracks, and I'd be coming back with some sweet tracksuit buttons. <laughs> oh, <God. Boom>. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Um, we we also went to the uh, was it Westland Row, Posh, just off Third Street. Yeah, Westland Row. Yeah, that was good crack. I enjoyed that. Yeah, it's a lovely, studio. lovely studio. It's very kind of seventies vibe control room and stuff. It's very mm-hmm. cool in there. Yeah. The um, I think the only the only downside to that place is basically it's too cushy. You go in and there's a lovely chill out room with like amazing computer games and stuff. So we kind of wasted hours in there. <laughs> it's so bad when there's a room like that in a studio. Like, <laughs> like the less distractions, the better. Like. But uh, yeah, we did a, a bit of recording down in Windmill. Uh, we did like trumpets and violins and kind of stuff like that in Windmill. And uh, yeah, it was great. It's nice. We kind of te- we kind of tried to do that now with the last album. With the album we're working on now, we've been to different studios and stuff like that. So it's nice to kind of keep it fresh and just to try different places. And do you know what I mean? Instead of going back to the same place again and again. 
yeah yeah definitely um it's 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 a really well recorded album and i love i love the different sounds you have on it and one of the things we do on this show is that we ask um the acts to pick three songs off the album that they particularly like i know it's hard it's kind of like picking your your favorite child or something oh probably God. but wait, uh, wait, let me look at the track list and then i'll tell you now mine are so, I, the I three favorite songs i think i i think i do know mine yeah mine i think are all i the do quietest ones. <laughs> go on, wait, go on, we'll start with you podge yeah i i think it's a little bit to do because the the toughest song in the album to write because we kind of really hit a wall with it. it 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 sounded like it was there and it was ready to go and we we were trying different weird time signatures on drums, mm. uh, and I think we were nearly too too bogged down and excited about this particular offbeat drum signature that it we we literally couldn't finish the song, so we had to completely rewrite the song. The song is half, I think it's nearly half speed now, but broken start over. Mm-hmm. That started off as this really kind of lilty sort of almost like a you know. Here comes a lilt man kind of a vibe song, and uh, and it's totally different now. But it, it like I remember, remember some of the lyrics that were written were quite. Um, I think we were writing in our in my where I was renting in Portobello at the time, and we were really frustrated. Yeah. And I I was in the toilet like just couldn't. We like I was getting really annoyed because we needed lyrics, and it just wasn't working. And we were down to the wire in terms of time and stuff. And I remember writing lyrics literally out of um out of frustration total frustration and one of the lyrics just it's obviously stream of conscious but one of them was like take me out of this mess because you can't decide and it was actually just me like going i want to get the fuck out of here because like no one's making a decision oh, on much. the lyrics and and i and i, I tried that and they're like that's perfect <laughs> but uh but broken start over i do actually like we don't play it really live because oh, it doesn't yeah. really work but like we haven't really ever gotten a chance to properly work it but i do i'd be proud of that one and then in perfect rhymes again tricky one that we had to kind of reflesh out change a lot and then yeah i feel like i'm gonna forget one but yeah maybe you go back and I'll, I, ha- I'll I have my third. i have my three okay. so <laughs> go for it neve what's your, what's your top three probably i would say imperfect rhymes Mm-hmm. would be my probably my number one like um just the lyrics and stuff like that it's definitely a song i just love the lyrics of and i still we still do it in the set today and every time i sing it, i love it again do you know what i mean i just i'm never fed up with that song mm-hmm. you know what i mean like all the ones you kind of after you do them for a while you're kind of like it's time to retire that but mm-hmm. it's just yeah it's such a really really good builder it's loads of fun to sing live at a gig like loads of fun it's really it's quite challenging in points as well which yeah. i really like like i love being vocally challenged like live and stuff like that so that's probably my favorite and then i would say probably fandango and apollo and we do them in the set as well still and i still like think they sound really fresh yeah. especially po- apollo i think it just sounds still sounds really fresh and i re- and it's the beat is real funky and stuff. Yeah. So Fandango and Apollo and Imperfect Rhymes. Imperfect Rhymes. Yeah, definitely. I'll go with... Sorry, Pod, you go on. I'll go with... Um, uh, oh, while actually. Just because it's mad. Um, it, it, the meaning of it is 
pretty straightforward like and i know what actually it all more or less means but sometimes i'd sing that like i remember singing that after a rough the sense open super cheesy but after a really rough breakup a few months later we were on a tour and the tour couldn't have come at a better time and it was weird I, it was like therapy for me it was c- kind of creepy like getting therapy from your own like your own chins um but sometimes when i sing that it, it genuinely does it, you know some songs i can sing nearly like robotically sometimes you know i don't lyrically anyway like i might be enjoying the music but with this um but our wiles it's it's hard not to get into the lyrical um, emotion of it or something. Yeah, I don't think that's a, a, an odd comment, Podge, because I, I think Paul McCartney said at one stage that playing the guitar is like having a therapist in your life that, that follows you throughout life and you can kind of share problems with and so on. And I'm sure it's the same for singing or any, any, any musician probably has a bit of that going on. And those songs you picked... Um, all incredible, like, you know, Apollo is probably one of my favorite on hey. the album. I just love, I, I, I love the, the vocals on every single track. I love the music on every single track. But there's something about Apollo, the way it literally creates this kind of open soundscape, you know, which is is Apollo-like, I suppose. Um, it, 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 it's cool. Yeah. It, 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 it's, it's really, really nice. Um, but, but, but. I, I one thing I've noticed as we are interviewing bands and talking about albums, and um, one theme that seems to run through a lot of great albums and and a lot of great bands is that the the, the music is often quite upbeat and fun sounding and so on. But when that's juxtaposed with kind of really meaningful lyrics um, and emotion, it creates something magical. And I think with Ham Sandwich, that's absolutely the case. Um, it, it really, really do have that kind of those elements going on. Um, another thing we do on the show before I hand you back to Paul to really throw the tough questions at you is <laughs> we, we, uh, what we mother, do is don't worry. Don't worry. What we do is I'm going to throw some um, random questions at you. They're kind of, uh, fun questions and the, the right answer is whatever comes uh, comes to mind and um i hope i don't cause a row now between you because uh, there's some very very controversial topics <laughs> so the first one i'm going to ask you okay. is uh, <laughs> mead or dublin which do you prefer <laughs> mead <laughs> and what, what about you uh, i'm probably gonna say i'm probably gonna have to say dublin <laughs> Okay, fine. No, I'm only joking. Okay, tape or CD? <laughs> um, tape. Oh, that's a tricky one. It's a tricky one because oh, I'd say I'm going to go CD. Okay, why do you better, say better. tape, Neve? I always just love, I just had so many tapes and I just love the all the actions of like putting the tape in and rewinding and playing and do you know what I mean? And your tape would get all warped the more you listen to it and stuff. Yeah. You have to get the pencil yeah, out and, and fix it. Love when it. it I know. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and rewind it. It was just so like physical, you know? Yeah. You're, re- you're trying to corner the hipster market now with the, with the love for the tape. So we're going younger. We're like, <laughs> we're getting younger. Tape is good because if you're, if you're trying to, like I remember tape was very efficient because, if you're trying to impress a lady back in the day, like there was so much work involved to make a mixtape because it was tape. It was like decades oh. of work that, you know, it was, you could tell it was, it was an effort, but like if you're making mixed CD for someone, it's, 
thoughtless like you do. I wonder do I wonder the young people so today, do it ten seconds on iTunes. I, I wonder the young people today swap Spotify playlists on Tinder. I don't know. It doesn't have the same <laughs> kind of thing. Um okay, Rolling Stones or the Beatles. Uh, yeah, it has to be the Beatles, but I love the Rolling Stones as well. Yeah, yeah, okay, brilliant. I agree, I agree on that one. Barry's or Lions? Uh, Tesco's oh. finest. Barry's. Uh, I go way out of that. Tesco. Tesco's finest. <laughs> you can't KVI. <laughs> uh, what, what did you say, Neve? Which one? Barry's. Barry's. That's a controversial, yeah. like, I think yeah, most I think Dublin people are kind of go too. Lions. Barry's is a very cork thing, isn't it? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. I think so. Mm. But uh, uh nightclub or late bar? Late bar, definitely. Late bar. Yeah, I do like a bit of dancing though, so no late bar. Late bar. Sure, yeah. Whelan's covers it. Whelan's covers it all. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And what about uh beer or book fast? Uh, yeah. If it depends on what you want, but I I I'd have to say book fast because I get nervous yeah. when I lost book fast. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I heard I was listening to some old interviews and I heard one interview where apparently you now you had a rule at one stage where you could only drink down to the label on a bottle of, bottle of book fast before a gig. Is that true? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And why is that? <laughs> there's, a, there's a just before a show, there's like the, the top of the yellow label. There's two labels. There's a little sticker at the top of the neck, a little skinny one. But then there's the main label like that's on the actual body of the bottle. So I never drink past the, the start of the big label. The big label at the, like the top end of the big label, and then if the show is going well, if I was playing good, I'd maybe Treat have a little to another bit. Yeah, brilliant. Okay, that's and like the, final... the sweet spot. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and the final one of these questions, as it's a big album show, what's your uh, outside of of uh, a ham sandwich album? What is your favorite album ever? Oh. It's really hard, and that's a difficult one. Oh, but just know, yeah. first one that comes to your head. The first one that came to my head was Melancholy and Infinite Sadness. Smash oh, yes. Brilliant, brilliant there choice. There's so much in that that I actually do love. So yeah, probably would have. It's to a, a savage album, isn't it? And so like you get you get the the two tapes for the price of yeah. one, <laughs> you know. So it's it's brilliant. Sorry. What about yourself, oh, Fudge? my mine. Um, I I I'd, I'd struggle because I, I I'm a big Pavement fan, so like all their albums every one of them are the same to me they're all nearly pretty much as good as each other so I'd go with like all I think there's six of them I could be around that anyway um, but Alligator by The National I was a massive fan of that as well the, their first kind of big mainstream album was amazing yeah, I mean, I mean I suppose to, to bring it back to um, something very serious now altogether is the the question of of gigging <laughs> of gigging and playing gigs and i know you're back doing it and you've got more um to come which which is which is fantastic but without going full van morrison on it um we wanted to ask you what your feeling was about the lack of uh, gigs and being not able to play as a result of the pandemic i mean what what is that like having that loss maybe um or just mm. not being able to do that what kind of effect does that have and i suppose do you think that bands ha- and you know music in general has been treated fairly uh in the past period 
I, well, no, I don't think so. Like, I don't think the entertainment industry was treated very fairly. Um, I think we were left for a very long time without any sort of solid answers. Do you know what I mean? And we're an industry that, like, you know, somebody puts on a big gig and there's, like, security, there's protections in place for people, there's, you know, everything is thought of because everything has to be safe. You know what I mean? So it's like we were the best industry, really, to really properly test out stuff. And I remember then there was like some, there was a test gig on the Ivy Gardens, but nobody was tested for COVID. So I was like, what are you actually testing then? <laughs> like, you know, you're outdoors, you know? So it was just, to me and to a lot of other people, I'd say that was clearly a PR stunt, I would say, on behalf of the government kind of, because then it was another while before anything else was said, you know? Yeah. So I feel like we were kind of definitely put on the long finger, you know what I mean? Because... I don't think, like, I think the entertainment industry, like a lot of stuff, especially if you're in, like, in a band or whatever, people see it as a hobby. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just, oh, sure, it's just a hobby, isn't it? Like, do you know what I mean? But it's like, this is, like, personally, this is my life. Like, do you know what I mean? I just absolutely live for doing gigs and writing and recording music. Like, do you know what I mean? It's just, I, you know, I need to do it. <laughs> you know, or I'll go crazy. Like, you know what I mean? It's just, it's part of me now at this yeah. stage, like I'm not doing that for a while. You know what I mean? I'm sure everybody was the same. Like those parts of last year or the last year and a half that were difficult, very difficult. You know what I mean? And especially when you can see other people in your industry also saying like, we've been forgotten about, you know what I mean? It's like, you know, it might feel like loads of people feel the same, but there's still there was still nothing really being done about it. Yeah. You know, um. So yeah, it was like definitely up and down. You know, the last while, and uh, I mean, there's a, I definitely feel there's a lot more positivity now going forward and looking towards like October twenty second and seeing what's going to happen when we get to that point. And um, yeah, it's just like it, it still feels a little uncertain. But definitely, like when we done our shows and stuff like that, you can kind of really see pe people need live music. Like, do you know what I mean? They need it in their lives. You know, it's like we need it as, you know, gig goers ourselves. Like, you know, you need it. It feeds your soul, you know. And you can de definitely see the people in the audience appreciating the gigs going back and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So it's great. It is positive, And we're moving forwards I you know we're not definitely not moving backwards anyway like you know yeah I mean that that's one of the things about when, when we put this pot out the the fans of the band their, their number one thing that they came back with was seeing the the live shows uh, in different parts of the country and you know people coming in with memories of you know having pizza with the band uh, various stories uh, coming coming through which and, and it struck me and uh, the, the sort of the feeling that I had is that people look at ham sandwich almost as an extension of their friends. They, they see it uh, in a, at a very different way that or people see other bands. I mean, every band is different. The relationship to fans is always different, but with ham sandwich, it's like, there's a feeling that they're friendly and that this is, they're doing something mm -hmm. together. And I think you need live music to do that. Don't you? I mean, you can't do it. How do you do that without live music? Yeah. yeah. We, we used to have a forum back in the day. <laughs> a website with a forum <laughs> and the entire band would be on it just talking to all sorts of 
God, God knows. Like there was about like at least sixty proper, you know, regulars on it, and obviously uh, maybe max max ten of them might have been actual sort of friends. But the other fifty, we pretty much know now. It's mad. you know, but there is that. There's always been that sort of like um, relationship with the fans. Like, and that's the thing. I've we're blessed in a way because after our shows, when me and Eve go out to like usually we go out to the crowd have chats, sell merch or do what I do the usual. But like no one ever, like I like that about that. No one ever comes up and acts all weird around us. They're all like, I'd, I'd like to think we, we come across as very like friendly or not. What's the right word? But yeah, like we never have any issues with fans. We're always more than happy to just come up and have the crack with them. Yeah. And I agree. Like that's part of it for us as well is like, we love going around the country and doing the gigs and stuff, but Part of it is like meeting all the people after the gigs and like, you know, having random nights crack with, you know, people you've never met before who come to see the band because they listen to your music. Like, so, you know, you kind of welcome them into this extended ham sandwich family like that, you know, gets every time you go around the country, there's a different little group of people that you'll definitely see at the show and hang out with afterwards and have have fun with. You know what I mean? It's like it's it's great. And it's definitely part of the reason why you know I, I love doing the gigs like that's part of it as well you know mm. it, it's it's um another another it's very noticeable that, that you know that's what myself and dan got out as soon as we put this out that's what we got back you know just hit you right away and um, but another thing that's noticeable for me and um this is another hot take coming down the line get ready <laughs> is that um children uh, I often love the the tracks and um what this you know as as Bono said uh, you know when you realize it's children that teach you know I mean I mean kids can have this amazing sense of music and and my daughter loves um satellite she just thinks it's great and starts moving her head and you know my nieces to put you know the, the first tra- um uh, playlist they made they had hand sandwich right at the top of it is that something that you've come across or is it just me uh, that response from uh, from from kids and, and young youngsters to the music. It's mad. Um, I find it's a certain type of lyric as well. I don't know, like like I I don't tend to write anything particularly, you know, deep or Dylan esque. But I always find some of my lyrics are just so like just they're they're kind of just what I I I kind of come up with something that's just random and usually it's probably catchy because there's no thought process. It's just. It just comes out like a what should I call it? Like the mind of a child. <laughs> yeah, and I did. But like I remember the naturist. Um, like there's a, there's a lyrics in that, and it's like you don't need two arms and eyes, and it's like it's just I think because there's counting in it, and kids love like educational songs, and the naturist is a is it's crazy how many kids love the naturist. Yeah, but I think it's purely because well that sets it off obviously, but it's not too. It's not exactly like Apex Twin or anything crazy, you know. And there's a lot of kind of like plinky plonky sounds in a lot of the songs, like Glockenspiel and things like that. And it seems to be those kind of songs that like register with the really young children. Like, and it is definitely something we notice because the parents come up to us at the gigs and like, oh my God, my two year old absolutely loves this song. Like, you know, and the amount of times that's happened, I mean, to Podge as well, I'd say, like, it's just there is a lot like yeah it's nuts and I don't know does it like does anybody else get that kind of stuff like do you know what I mean it's like 
Do other bands get that, or is that just there's specific sounds in our songs? Yeah. Obviously, well, when my nieces made their first playlist, that they put the Naturist right up at the top. It was the first one they did, and and said my my daughter just loves satellites and just starts putting her head side to side it's it's just it's beautiful it's just a great it's just a great great oh. thing and I've, it's it's a real uh you know it's it's just you know and, and kids have a great sense actually don't they of melody yeah. you know because they also the beatles would be another one that you know you, you know sometimes uh, kids like they start yeah. picking up on the beatles tunes don't they yeah 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 well i I, th- I think it's just it's a testament to the fact that your music cuts straight through to the kind of the soul, you know what I mean? It 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 bypasses all the nonsense and really resonates with people at a deeper level. And I think, you know, it, it was it, it's incredible to see the passion both of you have, particularly Neve, when you were talking about how you need music, you know, just in general. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, it, it must be incre- must have been incredibly difficult working in the sector to be under that pressure. But I know as a fan, and I know Paul agrees with me that you're right live music is something we all need and it, it it really is music is something that i think helped so many people even though we couldn't go to gigs but listening to it engaging with it watching youtube videos of our favorite bands really helped a lot of us yeah. through um the, the whole covid experience and other experiences in life so thanks so much for your yeah. passion and your music because it, it, it it's it's really important to to us fans and um, tell me this though you mentioned that you have a new album coming out um what does the future hold for a ham sandwich tell me a little bit about the album and your plans i know you're on tour and um, touring around the country at the moment so tell us about what the future holds well we're going to do like a prog rock new metal <laughs> kind of album <laughs> um, what's weird is i don't know whether we you're joking like, or being serious, serious or not serious <laughs> No, I'm definitely joking. <laughs> um, we uh, we've kind of been what we've been working on this for a good while. Uh, it feels like forever since we released an album. So we've been working on this for a while. We 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 managed to get into the studio a couple of times over the course of the last year and a half. We went up to uh, Black Mountain Studios up in near Dundalk. They're a gorgeous place, and we had. Probably my most favorite time in the studio we've ever had as a band. Like, I uh, was just fantastic. And we worked with, we're working with a new producer. The last three albums, we worked with uh, Carol Odlum, who's like incredible. And we had the best time with Carol yeah, Odlum. He, like, he's he's a member, he's like totally a hands on. Definitely. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. He, he yeah. comes, he's the studio member, but he's definitely. He's not like the producer. We we've learned so much from him, but it's like anything. We we were just curious to just it's like anything to flip flip the coin and try something. So see just to see what happens. You never know. Like we we want to sound different again, and I think it's better to switch out a producer as well to to make sure that happens. And uh, we're going to change mixers, but um, yeah, I think it's a lot. Like it's we're we're blessed in a way because like we I think obviously myself and he love music but there is a darcy has a has this insatiable drive for right writing and then improving and improving i think so do we in terms of like i would already genuinely see lots of um maybe not weaknesses but in stories from the surface i can see like acres of room for improvement in in the next album um and it's mad because I think you learn and you, I, I think my motivation 
has never really come in this way. It's like my motivation is really coming from album three because I'm like, like I said, I feel like we only started to find our feet, and now um, now we can see how how much better we can make things with with just uh, even our our processes, um, how much detail we put into things, how little detail we should put into things, and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, this album is genuine. Like I suppose every band will say it, and it's only normal. But like you're, you should be excited about an album, especially something that's nearly ready to go. But this, this one to me, like they, like I said, I think every song would be more than happy to play live and excited to play live. Especially like just two or three that we were kind of like our fingers across. We're very particularly excited about. Yeah. Yeah, it's really it's really exciting. And it was the first time like I think we were in a studio and we had like how many did we have? We had eight, didn't we, when we first went into the studio, like fully kind of pretty much done. And we just started recording them and it was like we got we got so much done in like two days. You know, whereas we used to go into the studio and still be writing things and things we still getting figured out figured out. We had such a solid idea of where the majority of the songs were. I think that just gave us gave us loads of confidence in ourselves. I think, and we had such a great time in the studio. The last couple of times we've been in, like we were in a couple of weekends ago, we went just into mix studio and recorded some vocals and stuff for the first single we're going to be releasing off the album, hopefully in October. So, yeah, it's like we haven't really been letting too many people listen to. The demos and stuff. Normally, we would we would have done that. We used to like really really too, too much, much yeah. really too much. Yeah. So we've yeah. really kind of kept this one close to our chests, and uh, yeah, we're we're really excited for people to hear it because, like, I mean, it's ham sandwich, but you know, it's kind of what we want to do is, you know, do something slightly different again. Like, and take it, take our sound somewhere else a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Well, it's, it's I feel like body. I feel like Bodies was the, for me, it's kind of the first song that we we started to actually get a bit of organized, like real organization, real mm-hmm. nearly professionalism as a band. And that went so well. It was a real eye opener. Mm-hmm. And we kind of dropped the ball a little bit after that. But then we, I think with, ever since every song that will be on this album, I think we've got the same ethos for each song the way we would have had with Bodies. Mm-hmm. And the good thing is it's not, well, I don't think we'll ever really write an album that's all in in a very similar vein where all the songs are like a certain style and kind of with this, there's a serious mixed bag of things, but they're all we're, we really like, like we're really happy with them all. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? If there's not, yeah. there's songs that like are almost ballad like, and then there's songs that are like proper dance floor stuff that there's no let up. Yeah. Where we've never like even illuminate has a danceiness to it. It still has breakdowns and stops and and bodies again. But like we've a song, we've our first song really. That's it starts and you you could dance right to the end, mm-hmm. like right to the very last second, which is it's kind of handy. Like it'd be cool to finally possibly have a dance floor uh, tune. And I think this <laughs> yeah. is our best shot. Yeah, yeah, definitely agree with you there. Yeah, cannot wait. Yeah. Well, 
we just want to say to both of you, um, Neve and Podge, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure uh, to have you on the Big Album Show. Um, which really, we've really, really enjoyed that. And um, we just want to ask our listeners to remember, please, to subscribe and hit like and give us a review. And please, if you like the podcast, please just share it with your friends. Uh, we really very much appreciate it. But for now, for me, Paul. And me, Dan. Thank you very much for listening. And thanks, Podge. And thanks, Neve. Talk to you soon. Thanks so much, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. You're listening to The Big Album Show with Paul and Dan. Please remember to subscribe, hit like, and remember to follow us on our social media platforms at The Big Album Show. Yeah.